Hi, I'm Nick Forster. This week we're going to feature a show from our 2008 season, Great Music and Conversation, and it starts right now. From the foothills of the Rocky Mountains, it's E-Town, with this week's guests from South Africa, ATO recording artist Lucy Malasela, and from Nashville, Tennessee, network recording artist Abigail Washburn and the Sparrow Quartet. I'm Helen Forster. Right now, please join me in welcoming Nick Forster. Thank you, everybody. Welcome to E-Town, where we get together every week, listen to some live music, and talk things over just a little bit. So music is the universal language. We hear that all the time. It's kind of a cliche, but I am a total sucker for that particular cliche. Our little program today crosses a bunch of boundaries and borders that I think are, are kind of remarkable, from Appalachia to China to Africa, back to China, back to Appalachia, and back to right here, right now. That's just a glimpse of what's in store this week. And when you look at the world today, which most Americans don't do, by the way, there are all kinds of divides, you know, religious, cultural, economic dividing lines, some of which uh, we've had a hand in creating. So it is altogether fitting and proper that we help soften those lines a little by sending some American musicians around to other places. And in a way, it's more important now than ever. Our first guests have a great story to tell about Abigail Washburn's first trip to China, learning the language, playing music, bringing that back in her head and moving to Nashville, getting a job as a Chinese translator while playing the banjo and writing songs. She joined Uncle Earl, and she's now put together a remarkable new band, a band that's already toured in China, made the first official tour of Tibet, breaking all kinds of new ground. It's Abigail on the banjo, Casey Dreesen on the fiddle, Ben Solly on the cello, and our pal Bela Fleck on banjo number two. Please welcome to E-Town Abigail Washburn and the Sparrow Quartet. Day. 
day. That is a sound like no other. <laughs> Abigail Washburn, welcome back to E-Town. Thank you, Nick. That's a wonderful band you put together, wonderful sound. I'm so lucky to get to play you know, with those we, guys. We're lucky to hear it. It's really, it's a very different sounding thing, but it's absolutely a kind of a logical extension for you musically, it seems like. It feels like it. It feels like I get to think big conceptually and get together with a bunch of musicians who also do the same. Right. And then people who can really execute these exciting ideas. You know, right. People have said that our sound is a little bit otherworldly, and I don't think it was intended that way. I mean, it's basically four really unique individuals who um, came together and couldn't help but make unique music. Well, I think it's inspired by your unique story, too. And, you know, we haven't gotten into the really weird stuff yet. Uh, but it, <laughs> That's but, true. But I think coming. you suggested that we don't get too weird, right? Well, you know, we'll see you. feel free. It's E-Town. You can let your freak flag fly. That here. is true. We are in E-Town. Um, but uh, I, I want to ask you about your first trip to China, and maybe you can just give us a sense of how, um, how it was, what your first impressions were, what surprised you the most. What surprised me the most was my reaction, which was I was just so frustrated that I couldn't communicate. Yeah. Outrageously frustrated. How long ago was that? Uh, that was 12 years ago. 12 years ago. Mm -hmm. But the language came easily, I understand. You said the language sort of strangely worked in your brain. Well, I think after some major hurdles, it yeah. did. Yeah, it's, it started coming together for me, possibly a little easier than the other people I was in class with. I think it might have been because I was so desperate to be able to communicate with a third of the population of the world. I just felt like I just had to figure right. it out, you know? Yeah. And being musical, I think, helps with your you know, ability to learn languages, too, probably. I suppose so, but you know, when I started, I, I really wasn't, uh, didn't fancy myself a musician. Yeah. I'd been in high school choirs and things like that, but... Um, yeah, I didn't really fancy myself much of a singer or a musician at all. Yeah, well, see what happens. Just a dozen years, who knew? Um, <laughs> oh, no. so, so now when you go back to China, do you see dramatic changes since your first visit? Oh, it's, it's so shocking. I mean, it's just phenomenal, the, the amount of change that's going on over there. And with this band, am I right in um, saying that you've not only toured in China with these guys? Right. But, but you also took a trip to Tibet as well. We did. Um, I think... Six shows over a period of 10 days. Mm -hmm. And then, so now, all protesting and with the Olympics and the, the, you know, mm. all the oppression that's going on in Tibet and, uh, you know, China's in the headlines. Does the way that China is acting towards Tibet now and that you see it a little more mm. up close and personal or the protests that are ha happening in anticipation of the Olympics, does that dampen your enthusiasm for China as a nation or... You know, does it right. change your experience in any way? Well, personally, my love for China has always been very pure, but complicated. It's like loving someone that you are very different from. It can be profound. It also takes a lot of stretching inside and out to keep that love alive. And I know that with uh, China, the first reason I wanted to study Chinese was so I could communicate so that I could engage people, so that when they said, ni, ni, uh, ni you know, I could say, uh, you know, you <laughs> know. So, and I just she, was like, she's I, not making that up, by the way. <laughs> it sounds like she could be, but she's not. 
Well, we're going to hear more of that influence in a bit. Sparrow Quartet is going to play some more music. I really do think this is a remarkable combination of musicians. This is a terribly international experience that we're about to dive deeper into. So please welcome back, if you would, currently from Nashville, Tennessee, but traveling far afield, uh, Abigail Washburn and the Sparrow Quartet. All right, speaking about crossing borders, we are going to go ahead and do a little song from Western Sichuan Province in China. It's all about making babies. It's called Kangding Chingo. Thank you. 
在溜溜的好友，而来溜溜的干打，回荡溜溜的加油。月亮弯弯，回荡溜溜的加油。时间溜溜的。What a great sound. Abigail Washburn, Sparrow Quartet. Bela Fleck on the banjo. Ben Soli on cello and vocals. Casey Dreesen on the fiddle. The CD is called Abigail Washburn and the Sparrow Quartet out on Network Records. Thanks to Abigail Washburn and the Sparrow Quartet. We will be back with more music and conversation from this special show from our 2008 season after a short break. This portion of E-Town is made possible by the Bohemian Foundation, building stronger communities through the Bohemian qualities of creativity and imagination. On the web at bohemianfoundation.org. You're listening to E-Town. Nick Forster. This is E-Town. Abigail Washburn and the Sparrow Quartet. They're going to be back later on in the show. And coming up, Vusi Malasela, another incredible story of a poet, a singer who helped change his native South Africa both before and after the end of apartheid. Before we bring out Vusi, we're going to find out about this week's Achievement Award winner, somebody we met uh, with the help of one of our listeners. We get the chance every week to recognize some unsung heroes doing some great work behind the scenes. This is a particularly good story. And here comes Helen to tell you about this week's winner. Thanks, Nick. Our listener nominator this week is Jerry Brockway. He's nominating Richie Moretti of Marathon, Florida for an Achievement Award. With rapid human population growth, more and more wildlife are coming into contact with humans, often with disastrous results. In the state of Florida and elsewhere, countless sea animals are killed or seriously injured in these encounters. It's specifically injured sea turtles that our winner has devoted his life to for several years, nursing many of these magnificent animals back to health with the goal of returning them to the wild. He bought an old motel complex and then the vacant building next door that used to be a strip club and turned it into a turtle hospital. 
As a retired successful businessman, he's used a fair amount of his own money to keep this operation going. Richie joins us now by phone, and he's a wonderful guy, so please welcome him with a warm E-Town welcome. This week's winner from down there in the Florida Keys, Richie Moretti. Richie, how are you? I'm just fine. I'm Hey, you're a retired businessman. Uh, can you share with us what was the nature of your business that you used to do? Well, one day I pushed a Volkswagen off the road, and uh, a woman insisted I put an engine in it, and I wound up uh, with 125 guys fixing Volkswagens in Orlando. It grew into this huge thing, 125 guys working for you. Well, we started out repairing them, and then we started selling them. So if you're going to sell them, you've got to paint them, you've got to upholster them, you've got to build engines for them. I see. So it, one thing grows into the next. It was very successful. I fortunately got to Orlando a little before Disney did and wound up with some property, and uh, it actually helped my Volkswagen business grow. All right. And how do you get from fixing Volkswagens to fixing turtles? Well, actually, both accidentally. I, um, we actually started uh, fishing in the Florida Keys back in the early 80s, and a friend with me caught a tarpon, and she didn't want to let it go, and she didn't want to release it. So it went into a saltwater pool, and over the next year, we filled it with fish. Well, the schools found out about all the fish, and they asked if they could come visit, and uh, that was about the time the Ninja Turtles got big. So some children had asked about a turtle, and we finally asked the state uh, what we had to do to get a turtle. These guys are true dinosaurs. They've been around 200 million years, and when you watch a turtle that's been tangled up in fishing line or hit by a boat, and they're trying so hard to live. And, you know, when we save a turtle, these are going to live another 100 years. So yeah. so we look at each one of these turtles as that one turtle might make a difference whether future generations get to see turtles. Right. You know, one of the things that made me very successful at Volkswagen is I wanted to be the absolute best and do the best job for my customers. And nothing's changed except now uh, I pay the bill, and that's very pleasant. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, tell us, uh, Richie, about what's, what's wrong with the turtles mostly when they come to you. What kind of problems do they have? Well, a lot of problems are they run into us. Either we leave our lights on and they go up on the beach and get in trouble playing in the street, or else they get tangled up in fishing line or rope or eat plastic. It looks like a jellyfish to them. And uh, remember, these guys have been around 200 million years, so plastic is new. Lights are new. To them, those are very just little blips on their screen. Yeah. So this compound that started with the motel and then you bought the vacant strip club next door, Helen said, so is it a hospital throughout or do you have rooms for people to come and stay when they're working on the turtles or how does that work? Well, basically it started out as a motel. We used the, the finances from the motel, actually put all its money in it for 20 years. And Wilma came along about two years ago and it took out the docks, the boats and the motel and the turtle hospital. So we... Uh, we took the money from the insurance, and we put the hospital back together. And uh, after 25 years, I didn't want to do the motel anymore. And we've actually found out that our educational programs, they've actually been supporting the day-to-day -day bills, which has been great. And we're seeing uh, last year we saw over 20,000 people. So those people, when they see somebody throw trash in the ocean, they will probably bend down and pick it up because they know where it's going to wind up. Oh, wow. That's great. And these are primarily kids who are coming through the educational program? Uh, both a mix of a mix of visitors to the Keys and uh, school groups. Yeah, was there a pool in the motel, and is that being used for turtles now? 
Well, originally when I bought the motel, it was built back in the late 40s. In those days, they didn't have freshwater pools in the Keys. So this was a 100-by-50-foot Olympic-sized pool that turned into our fish tank and then ultimately turned into our, uh, our turtle tank. Turtle tank. That's pretty cool. If the people who built it 50 years ago could see it now, full of turtles, surrounded by people learning about turtles, I think they'd really get a kick out of how that old saltwater pool is delivered. And it's surrounded by smaller tanks with individual turtles, sort of like their sickbed. You know, they'll be in a small tank so we can give them shots every day or tube them with food. Richie, do you do this as a volunteer? Are you doing this just on your own time? No, I absolutely love it. I, I'm absolutely hooked. I always said that somebody had a job that they do for free. They must really have a great job. Well, I pay for my job, and I really love it. <laughs> uh, how much time does it take for you to do your job? Well, I used to be here seven days a week, and now it's down about half time, 20, 30 hours a week, and yeah. uh, I've got a great staff, and it's really neat to see them coming online with programs I never thought about and doing exciting things. Um, some of our new x-ray equipment and uh, ultrasounds that I don't know how to use anymore, so it's, it's really neat. I have to go in and have them show me how to use my own equipment. Wow. And, and you started this turtle hospital business when? We got our first permit in 1986. 1986. And how many turtles have been through since you started? Well, over a thousand large ones and, yeah. and probably tens and tens of thousands of uh, babies. Oh, that's uh, cool. And, and Richie, what's the name of your whole operation? The Turtle Hospital. The Turtle Hospital. <laughs> no fooling around, no, no confusion there. Well, it's a wild story that uh, I hope you're planning on writing a book sometime soon because it sounds like you got some good stories in there. We're going to send you a Framed Achievement Award certificate in honor of your efforts. You can share it with your staff, your volunteers, and, um, you know, the turtles might get a kick out of it, too. I don't know if you could put it in a waterproof frame and <laughs> dip it down into the pool. But, uh, but we've all got wild images of your operation in our minds now, and I appreciate you sharing your story with us. Well, thank you so much for your interest, and uh, we all help a little by way pick up our trash when we're near the ocean. Yeah, good. Thank you for that. Richie Moretti. Founder of the Turtle Hospital in Florida Keys, winner of this week's Achievement Award. Congratulations, Richie. Thank you so much. Our thanks to listener Jerry Brockway, our nominator this week. We'll send him and Richie a generous gift bag filled with lots of wonderful stuff, along with a copy of our compilation CD, Bluegrass Roots, The Best of Bluegrass and More, live from E-Town. For folks listening out there, if you'd like more information about the Turtle Hospital, or if you have an idea of someone you feel deserves an achievement award, you can reach us through our website, etown.org, or write us the old-fashioned way at Box 954, Boulder, Colorado, 80306. Thank you, Helen. Thanks, Richie. These stories are so cool. I love these Achievement Award stories. So thank you for sending them in. Abigail and the Sparrow Quartet are going to be back to play some more music in a bit. Right now, I want to tell you about our next guest. Vusi Malasela grew up in Mamalodi Township, a vibrant artist community where he still lives in South Africa. In his teens, he was a poet and a songwriter who joined youth organizations protesting apartheid. And he was hassled by the police. His poems and his songs were routinely confiscated. He was put in solitary confinement, tortured and detained and watched constantly. After the end of apartheid, Vusi performed at Nelson Mandela's inauguration in 1994. 
He's now an ambassador to uh, the Nelson Mandela Foundation. He's raising global awareness of AIDS and HIV. He has his own foundation. And some of you I know heard Vusi in the film Amandla, A Revolution in Four-Part Harmony. He's now on fellow South African Dave Matthews' record label. And Dave is a big fan. He calls Vusi a voice of hope, like a Woody Guthrie or Bob Dylan of South Africa. We're very honored to have him with us here in Etown. Please welcome, if you would, Vusi Malasela.
about the human nature I think about the ocean conflicts Oh mother earth is calling Reality Oh talk about the global warming Watch out It's happening slowly but for sure about the human nature I think about the ocean conflicts Oh, Mother Earth is calling The Eto's Lucy, your story is such an amazing one, and uh, I really appreciate you being here. No, uh, my pleasure. Thanks. You know, one of the most difficult things, I think, for a lot of us to understand is the kinds of things you endured, and then to actually come from that kind of oppression, that kind of brutality, into that place of forgiveness. It's so inspiring. Yeah, I'm, I'm very much happy, you know, that when I look back now, we have now 14 years of democracy. Still, you know, democracy is such a very fragile thing, and right. it needs to be protected. Same thing goes for us, <laughs> just so you know. <laughs> yeah, you said it. <laughs> you, uh, you endured a lot of tragedy as a young person. You saw, I know your mentor, uh, Dr. Fabian Ruberio, is that right? Dr. Fabian Ruberio was uh, sort of like my political mentor in some way, and uh, he offered us quite a lot also, I was rehearsing at his house, and then he was also giving my political education in some way. He was loved by the people of Mamelodi. We called him the people's doctor. As an activist as well, you know, he did quite a lot, you know, yeah. for not only just for the people of Mamelodi, but for the country. And uh, he was assassinated by the forces of the state, together with his wife, Florence. Politics then was very much interesting, but really deadly as well. Yeah. You know, people used to disappear. I'm very much, you know, fortunate that, you know, I lived to tell my story. Right. What was it, Vusi, that brought you to music and singing? Was that something you had always done, or was that something you did later on in your, in your life? Well, uh, yeah, at a young uh, age, I think around the five, six, um, I had built my first guitar that used to contain uh, cooking oil. And for strings, I'll use a fishing net. And it was more of a toy for me to play with. And I didn't know that it was going to take me you know, to this yeah. side. But I had also friends when we were growing up who also built you know, their instruments using you know, plastics as drums and so on. And uh, yeah, we had a band. Uh, my neighbor who gave me my first guitar was working night shift at the railway station. And uh, during the day, he will be sleeping and we'll be playing the music with my friends. And, so he gave us the, um, the name. So the name of my band was The Pleasure Invaders. <laughs> That's a pretty good name, actually. Yeah. Invading in his sleep, he was having good dreams, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so you went from uh, a tin can and fishing line guitar and your first band, The Pleasure Invaders, all the way to singing at Nelson Mandela's inauguration, which must yeah, have been well, just an there amazing... there was quite a lot of music uh, when I grew up at home because my grandmother owned a Shebin. She'd been what we'll call here the speak easy. Yeah. 
And when I was first sort of drawn to music or song, it was when I saw this man who was singing this a cappella range form of music, like a, a Mbube type of music, like Lady Smith, Black Mambazo. Yeah, and that's when I first started, you know, to be in love uh, to, for, to music and song. Yeah. Quickly, we should talk about your new record. You have a lot of special guests. Yeah, I have Mr. Dave Matthews on Sword of Wits. The song which is uh, more about uh, a poet uh, who really inspired us during the time who was coming from the Black Consciousness Movement, Ngwapele Madingwane, who was, the, his poem was very famous, Africa, my beginning, Africa, my ending, and bringing Dave Matthews, you know, to sort of like really lift it up. It's kind of cold, but it's sort of bringing a really healthy debate about where are we now, you know, opening up a new chapter for Africa. Yeah. And, and, uh, and there's other artists. Xavier Rudd, Lady Rudd. Smith, Black Mambazo, yeah. Mr. Derek Trucks. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's cool. It's wonderful to see. I mean, again, it's an amazing journey you've had to see that kind of transition and to usher in democracy, to be part of that process, to celebrate when it begins and to suffer before it happens and to be an ambassador now. I know you're also working with Nelson Mandela's foundation to help with AIDS education. Yeah. It's another big issue. Well, that's a lot of responsibility, but that's a good call. Everybody, uh, everybody wants to be associated with you because you have such a gift as a singer. Well, uh, there is a spirit that enables me to do this uh, with the voice I have and the writing these songs. Though I don't know the name of that spirit, but I'm thanking it every day. <laughs> well, let's, um, Let's benefit from that spirit. Let's get back to music now, play some more songs, and welcome you back to the stage at E-Town and, and invite that spirit to come through you and sing a little more. You ready to make a little more music? Oh, yes, and I'm happy that also on the album I've sort of like really went pe uh, personal, I mean, as well. That, uh, I have a song which is dedicated to my grandmother, and this one is going to be dedicating to my late mother, Anna Masasel. I'll tell the story later. Okay. Welcome back to E-Town, if you would. Vusi Malasera. Well, this one is uh, titled River Jordan. It's dedicated to my late mother who died in a church. It was during the Easter, and I was there, me and my brother. We watched her go to the great beyond. But before she died, she told me, Vusi, I want you to continue doing what you are doing. I want you to continue to sing. And I guess that was uh, more of a destiny for me. Jordan, na na na, -na, 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 -na. 
Thank you very much. Thank you, Nick and uh, Helen. Thank you. I'm gonna call the band. And will you ring the bells when you come back? Will you beat the drums when you come back? Will you ring the bells when you come back? Will you beat the drums when you come back? Will you ring the bells when you come back? Will you beat the drums when you come back? Will you ring the bells when you come back? Will you beat the drums when you come back? Our lost African music Will it turn into the music of the people? Here's the people's music by the people's culture And I'll be the one who climb up on the mountain Reaching for the top of our African days Gonna move and working for the lazy Hey
That's Vusi Malasela. The CD is called Guiding Star, along with E-Tones, Christian Teal, Chris Engelman, Ron Jolly, Helen Forster singing backups, Bela Fleck on the banjo, Vusi Malasela from South Africa. What a great singer, great musician, great story. Thank you, Vusi Malasela. We'll be back with more music from Abigail Washburn and the Sparrow Quartet after a short break. Your visit to E-Town is made possible in part by the Scientific and Cultural Facilities District, or SCFD, one of the largest cultural funding mechanisms in the United States, supporting nearly 300 organizations in the greater Denver area. You're listening to E-Town. I'm Nick Forster. I'd like to say hello to our listeners who are hearing E-Town on stations like WIZZ in Greenfield, Massachusetts, on WRUU in Savannah, Georgia, and on KMUN in Astoria, Oregon. As always, if you'd like some more information about any of the things that we're up to here at E-Town, there's lots of stuff online at etown.org. Welcome back, if you would, Abigail Washburn and the Sparrow Quartet.
Cause you know me, oh my Stayed its course to ease my pain The gods knew which stars to hang That's the Sparrow Quartet. Abigail Washburn in the Sparrow Quartet with Abigail on the banjo and the vocals. Bela Fleck on the banjo. Ben Sully on the cello and vocals. Casey Dreesen on the fiddle. The CD is out on Network Records. What great musicians. Wonderful new sound. We got time for one more song. I'd like to bring Vusi Malasela and the E-Tones out and we're gonna all get started on a, on a song that's comes from Blind Willie Johnson. I want to thank all our guests. Our award winner, Richie Moretti, from down in the Florida Keys, fixing Volkswagens and then fixing sea turtles in his own motel. It was a wonderful story. Once again, thanks to Abigail Washburn and the Sparrow Quartet from South Africa. Vusi Malasela, a wonderful treat to have you here, all of you. Um, and thanks all of you for tuning in, for being a part of E-Town. You are the residents and the citizens of E-Town. We're counting on you. Here's a song we just worked up. Nick Forster. Hope you can be with us next week right here in E-Town.
The Sparrow Quartet, Abigail, Bela, Casey, and Ben. The Tones, Helen Forster. We'll see you next time. This is a production of E-Town. Thanks to Abigail Washburn and the Sparrow Quartet. Thanks to Vusi Malasela and, of course, our award winner, Richie Moretti. That's the way it was, folks. Live on stage at E-Town back in 2008, I'm Nick Forster. Thank you for listening.